cut all this out. <laughs> Just start now. You're good. Yeah. You so this is Jay. Own it. I am uh, your host at Not So Peter Priesthood, and uh, that lovely voice that you hear also speaking with me is my friend Carly, and we are going to discuss some stuff about. Oh my God, what are we going to talk about, Carly? We're going to talk about your life. Yeah, we're going to talk about being Mormons and not Mormons now, and all that entails. There's also we're going to dive into some good shit. So, um, I guess uh, a big, I guess, little background is that um, Carly and I met (laughs) of all places at Desert Book. I can still remember the day she walked in and said that she had started, or you had just been hired, and you were in, like, this tie-dye t-shirt, and we were like, oh, she's so cool, and, like, (laughs) you were like, yeah, I'm starting on, like, in a couple days or something like that, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that's so exciting, and anyway, and then we were super Mormon when we were there, well, I don't know, I... What I've already told people that um, I was I would like drink after I had um, been working at Desert Book. I'd been selling all the Jesus stuff and the Mormon stuff, and then I would go drink with my friends. So I wasn't necessarily super Mormon, and also I was <laughs> uh, also I was uh, hooking up with men, so that was fun. And then you know, but then I'd go sell Jesus stuff and go to BYU Idaho and. Yeah. And I would try to set you up with girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was that girl. There was that one girl that you really wanted to set me up with. Who was it? I literally can't remember her name. I think it was Heather. Okay. But, yeah, that's definitely how we met. And I definitely was super Mormon. I was, like, very Deseret Book, BYU-Idaho, questioning why I was questioning my faith. I was questioning my doubts before I was questioning my uh, faith, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were a good combo, you and I. Yes, we were. Um, <laughs> I can. This is all the side tangent, but remember, okay, what's her name? Janice. Janice. <laughs> say names. But I had um, like a rivalry with her, and then there was that one time that I switched all the pictures because I was so mad at her. <laughs> uh, Sticking yeah. it to the man for sure. Yep. We showed her. Yeah, we did. <laughs> our, book way, our good old Mormon way, because that's all we would do as Mormons. That's right. So you grew up Mormon, obviously, right? Is that correct? Yes, I was raised LDS. My dad is not a member of the church, but my mom is. And my yeah. dad has never been, which is like unusual. Like if it was like a Harry Potter um, comparison, I would be a mudblood. Oh, yeah. So I love that. Anyways, but yes, I was raised LDS. Oh, yeah, I was a mudblood oh, LDS. Yeah, and your mom was always, she was a regular desert book. Um, yes, frequented. <laughs> I can't imagine that changing any ever. Um, yeah. But uh, so being raised in a home that's your mom is a Mormon uh, member and then your dad's not, how was how was that? Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, it's mostly just super unusual. I think in the LDS world, like you're really taught that you should marry someone that's the same faith as you because it makes everything easier. 
Um, and you wouldn't want to be married to someone who didn't have the priesthood and stuff. So that was all interesting. My dad's always been really supportive of everything my mom has done. He's like gone to girls camp with me. He is the one that pays their tithing. Tithing is like 10%. LDS members pay 10%. Sorry, I forget. If you're not a member and you're listening to this, um, but he would come to girls camp, which is like kind of like scouts for girls. And I remember this one time because I'm going to talk about the prejudices against non-members right off the bat, because that's how I like to be. Um, he was on a hike with us and he was either at the front or the back. I think he was at the back. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Front or the back. And one of the sisters who was there like freaked out and she was like, we can't have you just you here. We need a priesthood holder to be at the back. It can't be you. What? And like yeah and like how I don't know like how much it hurt my dad's feelings that like he was not like enough to like keep all of us safe you know what I mean like she probably didn't realize how that came across but like it super hurt his feelings oh that's ridiculous so they um that's huge that's very hurtful they um just by virtue of being like a grown-up and a a grown-ass man and he he can't he needs to have the priesthood to keep you safe. That's yeah, ridiculous. because that's God's. The priesthood is. Jake, you should explain the priesthood. I don't. You should explain. So the priesthood is um, God's power on earth. Is what how they teach it, and it's um, only th- only the men can have it, and um, you get it by the like it's passed down from like basically generation to generation. Um, uh, and it was. Uh, Mormons teach that it's um, that it was restored through Joseph Smith. Like that, at some point it was lost, and then like when Jesus died and all his apostles died, and then um, Joseph Smith was the one that restored the true priesthood along with the true church. Um, and so any, you have to get your priesthood from an ordained somebody who already has a priesthood. So. Um, you get ordained at 12 and then um, you go through all these like when you're a deacon when you're just a kid and you have more authority than like your mom which I didn't even think about that until later like the um, I like you have more authority as a child like literally a child than your mom who has born like I mean she had by the time she had me she had two two older girls you know so like I don't know the fact that she can, that I, me as a 12-year-old kid can, like, have more authority and speak and my word is taken higher than hers was, is, like, crazy to me. But, um... Kind of the problem with the church right there. Yeah, like, it's very sexist. Very sexist problem. Um, but yeah, the, so you get the priesthood and as you, as you progress in it, you get the, you become a Melchizedek priesthood holder and that's where you are able to give blessings and that's what Carly's talking about like so if you are um so like if you're out and about um you can they give you you have this consecrated oil that usually you can carry in a on your keychain which <laughs> I'm like oh don't mind me just hold, hold carry my holy water here for you you know like I didn't is that oil that you put in any that oil has to be consecrated so you have to do a blessing on that oil first and then you have to um and then you can put it on the person's head 
and then you give a blessing to them and then um and that's just like you put their your hands on their heads and then you're and that can be just like you like so say on that hike like say if somebody did get injured and there was a priesthood holder there chances are they would like pull out their oil put it on their head and then give them blessing before they even gave them like medical attention because that's more important than um like fixing the wound because they think that like i don't know it's just they think that that's the more important thing yeah Yeah. that's actually what's going to stop the the damage and (laughs) meanwhile they're bleeding out you know like i just i don't (laughs) understand that the logic there because it's not logical but um they let's see what else is my there's a lot more to it like um when you're a kid you get the aaronic priesthood and then you get the um and you have the deacons teachers and priests and so that's from 12 to 16 and then when you turn 18 you can um that's when you get the Melchizedek priesthood, usually, typically, and then um, now they can, now guys can go on missions at 18, so, is that right? Yeah, yep, right after high school, because they don't want them to go to college and forget to go on their missions. Oh, yeah, like me, <laughs> like, that's what almost happened to me, like, I remember, so I graduated when I was 17, and people were just like, well, what are you going to do for uh, a year before your mission? I was like, go to college, and I, but what if what if you don't? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what am right. I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with my time? I'm not gonna sit around and wait to go on a mission. That was prepare. So at that time, You're supposed to prepare for your mission. Yeah, at that time it was 19. So um, yeah, now they've changed it to 18, and women can go at 19, correct? 19. So your only calling in life doesn't have to just be to get married, because it used to be like. If you weren't married and you were 21, then you would, by default, kind of go on a mission because, you know, poor little old you, 21 and unmarried. You old woman. (laughs) Right, right. We don't want old women around the church. So if you can't be useful dating, you'll be useful on a mission converting souls to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, That's ridiculous. I remember when I found that out, and I, um, one of our coworkers went on her on her mission, and I was just like, she is too young, you know. <laughs> I probably should. I don't know. Can I, I think I do. Young? Sure. Yeah. I don't know why you can't. Eh, it's not like they'll be listening. But There's like, so many of her anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I was just like, um, what? <laughs> and then, uh, like, I have cousins that have gone, and I'm like, uh, wait, you're you're still a baby, you know? And they be. There was one one cousin of mine, so I have a huge Mormon family on, I mean, both sides, but, like, my, I have cousins that are, like, children still, like, and I'm wow. damn near 40, so it's just, <laughs> but, like, the, um, the one cousin, she, like, I was, I babysat her, it was weird. Anyway, so, um, she just got back from a mission, and I'm, like, wait, last I heard you were going like it just and it's only a year and a half so it's like it goes by really fast but she was gone and back like real fast but no she can get married yeah she doesn't have to be a disgrace to the world <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> no don't be sorry that's what we're here for yeah that's what we're here for that's the mad trash for. me earlier today I was like I'm going to try to be diplomatic about this and not seem super one-sided because that's what I would do for other religions. 
me present day. Fuck that. <laughs> Fast forward. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. That's that's so you, the priesthood, which my dad yeah. did not have. So we didn't have the priesthood in our home mm-hmm. when I was growing up, which was like a big deal. We had like a priesthood dad kind of thing that would give us all of our blessings and everything. You had a priesthood um, dad, like somebody that was like not designated to us. It was oh, like the okay. guy that was my mom's bishop when she decided to get endowed because when my mom got endowed, which is, oh my gosh, there's so much back story. Anyways, you go to the <laughs> temple and it's like, it's that ceremony that they do in the temple. We can get into the endowment thing later, but that's basically yeah. you go through the temple and all of that. She mm-hmm. couldn't just decide to go because she had already been married. So right. my dad had to like write in to the bishop and say that it was okay for her to decide that. What? Which I also think is fucked. That's so yeah. Weird. And then like a thing that he doesn't even know what it is, and he has to—he's giving her permission to do this thing just because. Yeah. Because he's the male, probably one, and two, because they didn't want it to cause strife in their marriage, like that she would go and do this and he would disagree with it. Wow. Yeah, which to like an extent, I'm like, all right, like I guess, but like, couldn't they just have a conversation? Like, do we need to sit and write about it? Like, you had to write a letter. Like a I don't, permission I don't slip. Like a. Yeah. Like my, uh, like my kid can go on a field trip. Yeah, <laughs> that's essentially what it is. Because I'm the guardian, and I don't know if that was like. I don't know if he had to write to, like, the first presidency or who, but, like, I know my mom has had to write to the first presidency before to, like, move our records because you have to do that in the church, too. Like, if you want to go to a different church, like, it's not, like, Catholic. Like, you just pick the one you like and, like, you found the pastor dude that you jive with. It's, like, you're in a ward and we didn't want to be in that ward anymore because, like I said, my dad's an LDS and my mom asked them not to send the missionaries over because... Nobody wants to be pressured. You know what I mean? She asked him not right. to send the missionaries over. And they kept sending the missionaries over and sending the missionaries over. And so she finally was like, we have to get our records removed because, like, from this ward because they won't listen. Mm-hmm. Which is just craziness. <laughs> but, sorry, I'm going off on all sorts of tangents about no, my life. Good. This is fine. <laughs> I wanted a little background on your, I don't even know most of this stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting to me about yeah. what you're talking about. Um. But we can, like, so you grew up in Idaho. Wait, so they almost, she almost moved, she almost removed her records from the ward, or she? She moved them to a different ward. So she didn't want to be in that ward anymore. We went to a ward that, like, she had been in before we went to our new house. We moved when I was four. Uh And so my sister was being born. They wanted a bigger house, whatever. And so they moved into that ward from, like, the smaller ward we used to live in. The, we stayed there for like three years, I think, trying to like fight this whole missionary thing. My mom just saying like, hey, if you could just have someone invite him to play golf and like be his friend, that's going to go way further than you say the missionaries over and like lessons and discussions and all of that. But they wouldn't. They just kept pushing it. And so she had to transfer oh, well. back to the small ward. And that's where we were for like most of like my growing up life was in that ward until I went to college and stuff. Oh. Well, God forbid we um, try and, like, just be a friend and a good person to somebody instead of, Yeah, like, no. With no some... motives. Yeah, no motives. Obviously, there's a motive there. Like, they, they just want him to be a member, not right. a friend. Like, Baptism count. Yeah, yep. That's ridiculous. The, um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to explain words that 
So that's a congregation, I guess, for listeners. Oh, yeah. I like that we're talking like I have like a bajillion listeners already, but you know, whatever. Uh, first episode, it's cool. Welcome. Um, Welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, wards, you have a ward, and that's like your, well, actually, you have a smaller, if you have a really small congregation, it's called a branch, and then you have a ward, which is a bigger congregation, like a typical congregation, and then you have multiple wards make up a stake and then isn't there like a is, there, is it an area no what's region what's next region. region is a bunch of stakes and then you have areas right yeah i think so anyway and they all have like their little like pyramid of like hierarchy of like you have a bishop and then all of his counselors and you have like a stake president and all his counselors and then you have the regional president right and then like a then an area president and that's up into like the general authorities and then you get into those white men that are in Utah leading everything. The area uh, seventy, yeah, 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 all of that. Oh yeah, the area seventy, like man, that's some. And they all are like all of them are men and they hold the priesthood, so there's you know it's all. They do have the women that are like the Relief Society and primary presidency. So, like, Relief Society is over the women and primary is over the children. So, like, oh, of course, let's <laughs> assign the women to the women and the children. Like, that's let's not give them any authority over the men because that would just be... Wrong. God doesn't want it that way. <laughs> nope. We don't want women to have power. Nope. They have, they have children. <laughs> yeah, that's their power. Yeah, Motherhood. Um, right. Anyway, so you grew up in, I don't know, Idaho. Idaho, yeah. I grew up That's in Idaho where, the whole time. The whole time. And then, yeah. um, let's see. So we can fast forward to kind of what we were getting to the, the nitty-gritty of what we we're going to talk about this for this episode. Um, I just kind of wanted to give a, the listeners a, a taste of Carly. <laughs> A tasting of Connie. <laughs> yes. It's like a fine wine. Yes. <laughs> it gets better with age. Just... Yes. 100% true. <laughs> um, we are going to do some diving, re- some uh, heavy topic today for our first episode, which is kind of like, you know what? Just fuck it. Let's just do it. So, um, so Carly has a, let's see, I guess I can just let you know. Um, if you hear a whining in the background, it's my dog. Um, he is currently giving me puppy dog eyes and whining at me. So I hope, anyway, um, but, uh, let's see. So let me just pull up my little notes here. Let me be actually like kind of a good host here. Um, so you went to BYU, Idaho, right? I went to BYU, Idaho. For yep. four years, which is a lovely place. I think that's kind of where I started actually kind of hating the church because I just, because you just get so inundated with it. And then, um, and then I was working at Desert Book too. So it was just like church at, you know, at home, like church, like there was no, like, yeah, when you grow up in the church, church is home too. But like, I feel like when you're, like at school, it's at school and at home and at work. You know, it's like everything. There's no like escape or reprieve, and then and it shouldn't be like the. 
that you should need a reprieve from religion, especially if it's something that you truly believe in. But like, there shouldn't be like, I don't know. If you feel like you need to escape something, it's you probably don't really love it. <laughs> you know, right. like, <laughs> right. um, I, I don't know if that's if you felt that same way, but um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's your whole entire life. Like literally everything is like, like Sunday is church, then the rest of the week you're at work and the rest of the week you're at school. And at school, you start with a prayer in all of your classes. And when you're yeah. at home in your apartment at BYUI, I don't know if your roommates did this, but like our roommate, my roommates always wanted to do like apartment prayer. And there was like uh-huh. always a picture of like Jesus and the temple in the apartment. And like, if you were ever having a hard time and you want to just complain to your roommate, it was like, well, have you prayed about it? Like, you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, it always everything. comes back to the church. And it's, yes. um, and much. so much. I remember, um, so they have devotionals every week too. Um, oh and so God, you'd be, yes. I had a full time, not a full time, I had a part time, I had a part time job. So there were a lot of, a lot of students that could just like, go to school full time and not have to get a job because for whatever reason, you know, but I didn't have that, that ability because of finances, you know, whatever. So I was doing a part-time job. I worked at Walmart and I would, um, and they didn't, Walmart didn't give a fuck about church, you know, like I had to work Sundays. I had to work, you know, and I had asked for Sundays off whatever, but I, I didn't, I'd also said like, I can, I can work them if I have to. And so I'd get scheduled on them every once in a while. But, um, and it was nice because I would make more money too. Like I'd get that extra, like I could work a full day on Sunday, you know? So, um, I remember walking like towards my apartment away from like devotional and everybody like literally going against the grain with like hundreds of students just going towards devotional. And I, I this guy that was in my ward and he was like, Hey, you're going the wrong way. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I, <laughs> and I just kept going and I was just like, what? who has, you have the audacity to, like, point out that I'm going, like, I'm not going to devotional, like, and it's not even that he said, like, you just, like, you're going the wrong way, devotional's this way, kind of thing, and I was just, like, I don't give a fuck, even if I'm, like, okay, like, you don't know what's going on in my life right now, I'm sorry, but I have a job, I have other things that are not, not, uh, centered around the church, like, Right, and it's not feasible to go every single week. Yeah, I can and remember it's not going to like, business. Yeah, I remember going to like maybe a handful of those, and I every time I was just like, okay, that was a waste of time. You know, I just I felt like it was a general, uh, like a conference talk that I could have just like snoozed through. You know, <laughs> I just right. <laughs> and it's no one else's job to tell you to go or like what your beliefs about. That's what I don't like. It's like other people imposing their ideas of what their beliefs should be basically yeah which is frustrating <laughs> yeah very frustrating so um you let's see let's just get right into it so you were um engaged i guess we can well there's yeah we'll, no, we'll, we'll go with that so you were engaged um and his name was Stephen, correct and his um I guess you can just tell me a little bit about that so like what was going on you guys did not get married in the temple correct I mean you guys were not you're not getting married in the temple something anyway whatever what it, yeah I'll, <laughs> you, I'll let you Sorry. explain whatever you're doing and then um <laughs> it's anyway 
We're oh, okay, also... so I have two kind of stories, and I don't know which one you want me to start with. If you want me to start with porn start with stories, the first one. Yeah. or masturbation stories. Porn stories first? <laughs> Let's go with porn stories, yes. <laughs> okay. Porn stories it is. Okay, so I feel like, <clears throat> not I feel like, in the church, people do not watch porn, or you're not supposed to. People do, because they're people. Yeah. But it's a big no. Healthy, um, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, it's like, you know what? Like, it, watching porn is not a bad thing. Anyways, whatever. In the <laughs> church, it's a terrible thing that, like, if you watch it, like, you feel immense guilt for. Um, <clears throat> so I was dating this guy, and I was actually, I was engaged to him. Like I said, name, we're going by Steve. All names have been changed to save the people. <laughs> I was going to say protect the innocent, but I don't know if he's, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but he is not the innocent. Anyways, whatever. He yeah. sucks. Yeah. So I'm just going to shit talk him and the church all in one. It's going to be a therapeutic day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mormon men, they're not supposed to watch porn. You're not supposed to be aroused by anything other than, like, your spouse, basically. And... Um, I thought when I, like, met this guy, I'd, like, found, like, love of my life, best guy ever. He was Elders Corn president. He had been on a mission. He went to devotional every week. Um, <laughs> That's a golden <laughs> golden catch there. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, like, you know, he was great. Um, but about a year into our relationship, he told me that he had been struggling with watching pornography, which was like a big deal, you know, for me at the time, because I was also very LDS. Um, and he had told me that. And the only reason he told me that, I love this too. The only reason he told me that is because someone else told me that they had been struggling with porn and that they weren't going to tell the girl that he was getting engaged to about it. And I was pissed. I was like, well, you, do, you should. You should tell her. Anyways. So that's Wait, what? That whole so he only told you because somebody else had told his? Had told me. Okay, this guy I dated in high school came in and he was like, hey, like, he kind of liked me still, but he was like, I'm not gonna, I can't like you anymore. I have to just chase one rabbit. And so I'm going after this other girl and I'm asking her to marry me next month. And you don't want to be with me anyways, because I have this porn addiction. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that came up. And I like told Steve about it and he was like, mm. ugh. And I could tell it was like a, oh, we should talk kind of thing. And I was, he's like, I guess this is a bad time to tell you. Oh. <laughs> I have a porn addiction. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, which is like funny now to me. Like, it just all happened that way. Probably because I'm not with him. Anyways. Yeah. So, um, I decided that like, not like I decided, but like after he told me that, he wanted me like to like, ask him like every single day if he had watched porn what? every day he wanted me to ask him every day which was so uncomfy because like how do you even do that like I would literally <laughs> text him and be like hey how did things go with porn today <laughs> he's going with the porn today <laughs> like how uncomfy to even ask me to do like looking back it's uh -oh. like that's so uncomfy and he lied to me anyways so instead of like it being like a keeping him accountable thing like you know you keep someone accountable for their diet I guess like right. instead it was an opportunity for him to lie to me every single day which is what he did um Hopefully. so he lied to me and told me that you know I only know he lied because sorry then we'll get back to the thing 
I only know he lied to me because one time he worked at Missionary Mall, which I think is like also hilarious. But I went to, I worked at a diner mm. at the same time, and I like went to Missionary Mall to take him a soda after I got off like a double shift, and he wasn't in the front, and so I just like walked to the back, and mm. he was in the back behind the shelves masturbating to porn. <gasps> what? Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, this is like juicy now, right? But like yeah, this so uncomfortable. Wait, so, okay, we got we got to back up here. So you, so first of all, were you working at Desert Book at this time? Yes, I was working at Desert Book, and I was also so working at. Dixie not only Steiner. we have like the golden couple of like he works at Missionary yes. Mall, she works at Desert Book, and they came together, and they're supposed to, you know, they're like perfect little mormon couple gonna be all and then you he comes out and says that he has a is addicted to porn and then oh oh so i was also going to and say that missionary mall is where they sell all those suits and stuff for to get like boys ready for their missions whatever so um but the wait so where was i gonna go with that um so then he asks you to keep him accountable for the porn addiction, which to me, I'm just like, okay, I have a personal trainer and I'm like, I would check in with him every week, you know, like, and that was bad enough. I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, and like, I would like, but like the guilt of that too, like, you're just like, and then putting that on you and adding that right. to you and saying that it's making it kind of your responsibility. So if he does fail, it also like takes the responsibility off of him of like, oh, well, you didn't keep me accountable. Or, you know, like, he could always, like, have turned around and been like, well, you didn't keep me accountable that day, so whatever. So but I did it. So I flipped you. up. Yeah. yeah. He also yes. fucking lied to you. And, like, that's what that's the other thing is, like, when I was, like, checking with my personal trainer, I would I was always, like, I was as truthful as possible. But, like, I also, like, lab, you know, everybody's going to, like, like say, oh, I'm not going to tell him about that cheat meal, you know, like, okay, <laughs> yeah. so, um, I guess that, oh, man, that's, so then you, you caught him masturbating at Missionary Mall, like, he was, yeah, like, it was so awkward, I, like, turned the corner, and, like, I didn't see him, and I was, like, hey, Steve, and, like, I, like, look over, and he's, like, pulling up his pants real fast, like, trying to get him back buckled up, and, like, putting his phone down, and he's, like, I'm so sorry, I'm I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, oh, um, well, here's your Dr. Pepper. And I like sit down and like ran <laughs> out. <laughs> you, you <laughs> because I'm awkward. So I like left. I booked it. I was like, this is the most uncomfortable <laughs> position I've ever been in my oh whole my life. <laughs> because also, like, I don't mean to be this person, but man, why don't you go to the bathroom? Yeah, like, anybody can walk say, in on actually. you. I did say that. I was like, why didn't you, like, go to the bathroom? And he was like, I wanted to hear customers in case they came in. And I was like, oh! Oh, ew, ew, wait. So, oh, God. So that yeah, so that's a like whole open. other level. Like, yeah, the store is, like, open. Oh. Exactly, like, and I don't care, like, if you watch porn, that's your deal. But, like, dude, if you're literally, you can't make it through a shift, maybe you need some help, buddy. But do you know what's interesting to me is because, like, my, so I, I started watching porn, like, probably when I was, uh, I don't know, I was, like, a teen, you know, and so, like, and yeah, like, I don't know, I would, I would masturbate, I'll t like, we're just, <laughs> anyway, so, um, 
masquerade all the time, but like it felt like it was a little more. I had less control of it when I was under the like that pressure of be of like trying to stop it. You know, like um, just like with my sexuality, like where it was like um, being a gay man in the church, like it was so like you had to push it back and force it down all the time that it always felt like out of control. And so like um, when I that's what I think with this, like he probably just felt like. Not to, like, give him any, like, props or anything, but I'm just, like, I'm just saying, like, not to excuse his behavior. I'm just saying, like, the church, it gives you, like, because it says you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that, it makes your desires that much more prominent. And so you, and and then then you get the guilt on top of it. It has to be secret. It has to be secret. And, like... So anytime I would hook up with a guy, I would be like, um, I'd be all worried. I'd be like quiet and like like so much guilt and just like I hated myself. And I would go to church and I'd be like, oh man, I don't like. Does anybody know? Like like they they can tell that I'm a sinner, you know, that kind of thing. And like, but I but on the on the outside I'm like acting all perfect, you know. Like I and I. I mean, I was going to church, I was going to school, like, at BYU-Idaho, so, like, every, by appearances, I was perfectly normal, and, like, a huge catch for, like, Mormon women, you know, like, but then, like, on the inside, like, it's just, you have to, like, push that stuff down, and I think that just creates a huge, huge mental health issue for, uh, for Mormons. Um, 100%. 110 also can you hear these children yes i can <laughs> okay. uh carly's at the airport just so you know uh so we have um it's okay it's our first episode we can have like whatever we're just <laughs> yeah we're just going with the flow because yeah. that's the only choice here <laughs> it only gets better from here people trust us i'll just scoochie <laughs> on down scoochie on down um okay so what happened after so he apologized for that, but then, um, then what happened? Yeah, he apologized, whatever, we, like, even remember, really, just, like, just remember how awkward it was, and, like, him apologizing extensively, and me being like, oh, this is awkward, and then, anyways, okay, yeah, 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 back on track, I remember where we were going with this, so this <laughs> ultimately, like, turned into is that better also for the hearing of yeah perfect yeah okay. <laughs> um it turned into like since obviously he was just gonna lie to me about it anyways and like I couldn't like stop him from watching it that it kind of became a competition between me and porn because you know in my little Mormon brain I was like well he shouldn't be watching that so if I can be everything porn is for him maybe he'll stop and that would be better than him watching porn Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Which is stupid. Um, no, it's not stupid because, like, that's the kind of natural inclination is to, like, I'm, if, and I, I wonder, there's the whole thing where, like, the people think that, like, porn is, like, a, like, because if you become addicted to it, you're just, like, you're not going to want your person, your partner anymore, and it's going to mm-hmm. replace your partner, so, once you find out that your partner is addicted to porn, it's like a natural inclination to be like, well, I'm not enough. So obviously I need to either step it up or I need to just like, you know, like I, I need to do something different. And so you take it upon yourself to change yourself, which isn't, that's what's 
harmful. But anyway, go on. So you, yes. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I said how much we're sharing here. How much are we sharing here, Jake? How open are we being today? We are being as open as you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I've what told, a great response. I've already talked about how I've masturbated as a teen, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're good. We're open. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I don't want to say this as like a light thing, but I also like don't want it to be like a huge deal. But eventually, like things like I just can't decide. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. So it was really hard for me because, like I said, I wanted to be everything that porn could be for him, but we couldn't have sex because we weren't, you know, married. Right. You don't have sex as an unmarried human. That's wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> um but like things just kept getting you know further and further with everything um you know physical stuff escalates especially when it's the forbidden fruities yeah. and so yeah eventually like we had sex and I didn't want to have sex with him um I don't know why it's really hard for me to just be like yep he raped me but that is what happened so I'm gonna say it because I need to start owning that um so here we're getting very open and if this is too much you just cut this fatty no Harley, you're good i'm good as long as you feel safe and comfortable sharing i'm good so yeah i don't think anyone i know will ever listen to this but if you do and you know me hi <laughs> um <laughs> so i think it just i think it's just come like a lot for me to like admit that or say it because like i had sex with him like afterwards like mm -hmm. willingly and so i think like that's always been confusing in my mind but like and if it were someone else, I would be like, you know what? Yes, that is like, it doesn't matter if you don't want to that time, that's still right. Anyways, I'm like all red sitting here in the airport. So know that I'm like slightly <laughs> embarrassed, but like happy oh. chatting oh. about it. Um, anyways, I appreciate so you since, being open about it. So yeah. um, go on. So since we like had sex afterwards, like after like willingly, um, we both talked to our bishops about it and like, I think the thing that was like probably so freaking traumatizing and annoying is that like the bishops weren't like, okay, did you want to? Did you feel like none of those kind of questions were asked? It was like, where did it happen? Tell me what happened. Did he ejaculate? Did this happen? Like they wanted to know like the details instead of like the like what I felt was like the important part, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's gross that they wanted to know details. That that's that's besides the point. And so I was um, a sexual sexual assault victim advocate in the Navy, and um, that's like number one you don't do. Like especially like you don't um, you don't push for details about what happened. Like if they want to share that with you, then that's fine. But like you don't um, you just have to you kind of ask for general stuff, and then you um, then you just kind of like you're more about like. Okay, so how are you feeling? What do you need? What is going on? Like, and that's how it should be. Like, that's how these bishops should be, I guess. If they're gonna be asking those anything about your sex life, it should be more about like your feelings. But they aren't qualified. That's the other thing is like they aren't qualified therapists. They aren't qualified like victim advocates or anything. Like they shouldn't. They haven't been through any training. It's usually like yeah. your neighbor down the street that's asking you these questions and then they get to know all this details about your what what you did like no that's yeah well it's like people that like you said it's people you know like I went to high school with this guy's son yeah yeah so just like 
like ugh, leaves like bad taste in your mouth. So, um, and like when he asked all those questions, like I just felt super guilty, like it was my fault, which is like not how you should be feeling after something yeah. like that. But I, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. And I ultimately got kicked out, like not kicked out, but he had me defer for a semester from BYU Idaho because like at BYU Idaho you have to be within good standings of like what the church teaches and if you're not then you don't get to go yeah because you have to have the bishop's recommendation <laughs> in yes order. yeah the ecclesiastical endorsement is what yeah, they call it. yeah um and so if you don't like yeah like you said if they don't have that then you can't you can't go um and so I wasn't able to go for a semester, which like ultimately put me off like graduating and everything. And what I thought was especially fucked up about this is that like Steve got to stay at school, what? even though we had done the same thing, you know, and he had like he had been through the temple and like in the eyes of the disciplinary actions of the church, like going through the temple is like if you do you have sex after that, like it's, it should be a worse punishment. Yeah. But my punishment was way worse. And like he even like he told me that his bishop said, My bishop wants to know what your bishop decides for you. What? And so yeah. And so even though he had told them that like my bishop that I had to defer, his bishop still didn't. <coughs> what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he should have at least been deferred too. Like that should We uh... should have had the same punishment. Yeah. If not, if it's and the then, same thing. And he should have been worse, like you said, because he went through the temple. Like, if that's really what, how they how high they hold the temple, then they should have, like, punished him harder. Because, like, uh, you know better. You know, that kind of thing. But, like, really, like, man. And he's, he's basically a rapist. Like, because he, like, forced... I mean, you didn't really want to. You didn't give... Like, I yeah. don't know. I'm putting in words in your mouth, but, like... Um, if you didn't give consent, like, if you didn't specifically give it, like, enthusiastic consent, then that's, you know, that's rape. At, at the very least, it's sexual assault. You know, like, at some point, he forced himself on you. Right. And like, at I some think point, saying stop you, is enough. Yeah. And, oh, you did say stop? Yeah, like, I was vocal okay. about it. And so, like, I think just, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, so that's rape. Like, straight up. And I, um, I'm... Uh, happy that you're like open about it like i know that like talking about it's hard but like after time it takes it's easier to talk about stuff like that but i can't even imagine i mean i've i've had my own experiences but nothing to that ex you know that extent but like um i i've i don't know i the fact that he's a rapist and he got away with it, you know, like he's, a, that's essentially what it is. And then it's just by virtue of him being a man and being a priesthood holder and also a temple recommend holder that he was able yeah. to get away with it. Right. Mm. And I, I thought, uh, yes. And I was especially pissed because, sorry, this is random side detail has nothing to do with the church, but like later, <laughs> like we broke up, blah, blah, blah. And then like later, and apologized and was just like crying and he was like I know you didn't want to and just like sobbing and I was like then what the like that oh was like the most validating God. thing actually is I was like I knew I didn't like make it up like I knew it wasn't just like this thing that like I had taken on like that confirmed it thank you asshole uh, goodbye 
Anyway, well, that's something. at least you um, kind of got closure that way and the like validation of like knowing that he at least knew that he didn't done something wrong. And also that like you weren't just making like because I think a lot of um, like that victim mentality becomes is that like you gaslight yourself into thinking like, no, it wasn't because I've done that before, too, where like um, my ex, like when we were breaking up, he kind of like pulled me onto the bed and like held me there and I didn't want to be there, you know, and um, my friend who's a clinical therapist, she had said, if that were a man and that was pulling a woman onto him and instead of you, what would you call that? And I said, sexual assault at the very least. And she said, yes, that's exactly what it is. And so um, like, I, and in my mind, I didn't think of it that way until she pointed it out that way. I was just like, and it's sad that you have to use an example of like a straight, like of a man and a woman, the way a man would treat a woman. Um, it's sad that that has to be an example for it to like come clear. But I think, um, especially in the gay community, like sexual assault happens all the time, but we just kind of like brush it off. Rape even because happens all the time because it's, yeah, because it's two men. That, and it's like, obviously, like, I don't know, like, it's, um, it's harder to, it, it, consent is consent, whatever it is, but like, um, no means no, whatever. And if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, then you should just stop. Like, that's, that's all it is. Like, and you can't, you shouldn't bargain for the, for the yes. You can't like beg for the yes. Like once they say no, you're done. You need to like, that's it. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah, that's crazy that he... And that you have to use someone else, like, as an example. I think that's what's sad is, like, I think we're so hard on ourselves, like you were saying. Like, it's just, like, for someone else, it would be this. But for me, it's this. I am the exception to this rule that I would state. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think with, like, rape, especially in sexual assault, like, you don't... Um, so the reason I'm differentiating rape and sexual assault, like, sometimes sexual assault is, like, Sexual assault is just touching. It doesn't like sexual assault is more of like a broader term. It can include rape, but like rape is more so specific of like that's the actual sexual act of like the penetration is involved and like there's and the with sexual assault it like covers a little more and like you can so like hugging without consent it can be considered sexual assault like touching somebody's butt on you know like any their private parts even like if you touch like touching their body anywhere and they don't want to be touched and they didn't give consent that can be considered sexual assault. So that's why I differentiating those, but like, um, the, where was I going with that? <laughs> I was on a roll. Dang it. You were. Uh, it's okay. I think it's good to <laughs> talk about that part though. Like the difference, because I think people need to know, like anyone listening, whoever you are needs oh. to know, like that, your feelings emotions are valid and like if anyone like especially if you're young like that's why I always tell my um, anyways that's why I tell students I work with is just like you don't want to hug me you don't ever have to hug anyone that you don't want to hug even if you know them never hug them if you don't want to say no thanks that's the thing um I've read some stuff about that where um we need to start empowering children to say no um if they don't want to be hugged and I think that's um it's a societal like cultural thing that we do like can I get a hug like from a kid even if it's a kid you barely know you're just like can I get a hug just to kind of like show them that you're friendly but really like that's just teaching them that like you they have to have say to, yes they have to say yes regardless to people they know 
and just because you're an adult and you have authority over them. Right. And so it's stupid. perpetuating this rape culture, basically. And so um, I don't, yeah, that's, uh, my point was that I was, um, when we think of like sexual assault and rape, we don't think of it in terms of us ever happening to us. It's like, it's in terms of like, oh, that'll never happen to me. Um, that happens to other people. Like, yep. so when it does happen to us, we gaslight ourselves and think, oh, well, we kind of justify it and be like, well, I could have said no a little more emphatically, or I could, I didn't actually ever say no, you know, and you, it can still be rape and you, or sexual assault without even saying no. It's, uh, I remember um, something happened to me where it was like, I was having sex and this guy like was just going a little too, too rough. And I wanted him to stop, but I didn't tell him to stop. And but he just kept going. And I kind of would like push him a little bit, you know, to kind of get off me, just to like slow down a little bit. But he kept mm-hmm. going. And so um, and I was telling my friend about still. that, and she was just like, "Well, did you ever say no?" And I was like, "No." Doesn't she's matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and she had told me that it, it. She's like, it doesn't really count as rape. And I was like, um, but I didn't want him to keep going. Like I didn't, like how. So that's, I mean, to me, like, if I, if the victim, like, when I was um, a victim advocate, like, they told us, like, if the victim says it's rape, it's rape. Like, if that's, if that's how they call it, if that's how they feel it is, then that's how, what it is. And that's what you need 100%. to percent. So if they feel like they were violated in a certain way, then yeah, then, or if there was sexual assault, then yeah, that's Because it's their truth and their reality. Exactly. And like you're not gonna be able to change their truth, and there is nor should you try. Yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to get into the other portion. The did we cover the I mean masturbation part? No, I mean like that was a separate thing. But I have three minutes until I'm supposed to board, so I hate to cut. Okay, no, that's fine. You're good. Um, We should do this again though, because like. Good. Like, it's after been, talking about that, I'm like, this has been the cusp of, like, why I think I ultimately decided, like, church wasn't my thing. Well, that's good. Um, so this has been a good conversation. I didn't expect to talk about, like, some of the stuff we talked about, but that's good. Um, so, what we can... Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on, and we'll uh, talk more. We can talk about other stuff besides that. But we're besides this awkward this. stuff. It's not awkward. I mean, I didn't feel awkward. But good. Just, I you didn't. just my embarrassing I, moment. No, I feel good. It was just that one little embarrassing <laughs> red face. Well, and to be fair, awkward. you're also in public with, like, people around yes. you, and you don't want to be, like, talking. I would feel embarrassed, too, about that. But um, Definitely facing the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate you being open and vulnerable and uh, sharing that part of your life and your story with us. Um I'm sure you will, your story will resonate with people and that um, eventually, like, you know, whoever, whoever hears this in the ether, um, we will, uh, hopefully it will help some people to know, know, and to hear that you are good now, like that you're, you've made it, you're a survivor of, you know, like, of that, and also that it kind of, it's what drove you to leave and to question the church and eventually get to where you are yeah and I'm happy now like honestly happier than I had ever been with in the church and like feeling guilty about questioning 
And also, Jake, before I go, I told you, I told Jake, I have this, like, dream of, like, half-consciousness of sitting there and being, like, I was, like, asleep. And I was, like, if I'm ever on Jake's podcast, I'm going to tell everyone what a good human he is because he is. But if you're listening and you're, like, man, I have a hard time listening to podcasts or I don't know if the host is an awesome person, (laughs) you have my word if that's anything to you, random listener, that Jake is literally the best. Such a kind human, the nicest, give you the coat off his back, super, always been super nice. With or without the church, the church didn't determine his morals. So, oh, thank you. He's a great human, and we love him. <laughs> and I'm glad you're starting this. And thanks for having me on your little podcasty. I'm so excited you're to do it and hate very, my voice. <laughs> you're on the very first podcast. I hate my voice too, so I probably like won't listen to it back. But I have to because I have to edit. But yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> so now you gotta listen. <laughs> Sucker, just kidding. Yeah. Well, hopefully this worked. If it didn't, we'll have to redo it. But um. Yeah. We can redo it if we need to. We're the okay, children in the background. Yeah, if we need to redo it, if you're like, that was the worst, then we can totally redo it. Okay. No, I, I don't think that, I'm just worried about like the, if it even caught our voices. Like your voice? Okay, yeah, well, listen, let whatever. me know. And then, like you're just yeah. talking and then like, it just like has no sound and then like <laughs> you're talking and then. <laughs> just me telling a story and laughing at my own jokes. So <laughs> that online like freaking sounds of a psychopath <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well thank you carly thank you listeners um i will hopefully have this up um by the time you hear this it'll be wednesday so um and then i'm hoping to have w- episodes every wednesday so tune in every week and i'll talk to you later okay bye Jake.